Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? Hope you guys are getting through the week. Right? Right? Focusing on self-care. Yeah. It's not self-centered. It's self-centering. Our health matters, physical, but more importantly, mental health. We're looking out for ourselves. We're setting boundaries. We're saying no to things, letting things go, dropping the bar. We're doing 60%. That's good enough. Why? We're in a pandemic. Why? Because my mental health matters. Focusing on joy and pleasure every single day. Something that gives you joy and pleasure. Get that donut. Eat that pint of ice cream. Stay up that extra hour. You know, make that purchase. Whatever you need to do, we're allowed to have a little extra joy and pleasure in our lives, right? And we're also focusing on rest. Sleep's important. Talked about that on last night's show. More importantly, though, we're talking about non-sleep rest throughout the day. Sit on that park bench. Go for a walk. Lay down and nap. Daydream. Zone out for a few hours watching that movie. Read that book. Sit in the bathtub. We, we have a right to that. Our role here on the planet is to be about purpose, meaning, joy, and pleasure. We're not just here to run ourselves ragged and to just produce, produce, produce. So really important stuff. Um, we're going to talk quickly, though, uh, about, uh, I know it, reasons to wear a mask. Why? Well, as soon as y'all finally start doing it, I won't have to keep talking about it. We talked on the other show, I think it was Monday, about doubling up. Fauci saying... We got to double up. We got to wear two masks. Nothing's 100%. So uh, let's talk about reasons to wear a mask after you're vaccinated. Because I keep hearing people think once we're vaccinated, ah, we can hit the parties, hit the bars. We're ready to go. We can kiki. No. No. <laughs> Here's why. Let's talk about it. Because the masks, uh, I'm sorry, the vaccines are not a cure-all. Number one, no vaccine is 100% effective. None of them claim to be. Right now, the two options we have, Pfizer and Moderna, we have about a 94% and a 96% effectiveness rate. People are saying it's pretty high, and it is. It's pretty damn good. But if you're within those four or 5% that still get infected, then for you, it's 100% and it's not so good. So after the vaccine, remember, everything is not 100% effective. One in 20 are still left unprotected with those numbers, one in 20. So think of 20 people in a room or in your life, one of them would still become infected even after having both doses of the vaccine. One in 20 is a lot. Okay. And we also have to worry about, it's about a thousand factors, right? Immunity response, efficacy, blah, 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 blah. So we're holding that. Also, vaccines do not provide immediate protection, not from the first, not even immediately after the second. Both take time. It's not effective right away. It takes two weeks for the immune system to make the antibodies that block viral infections. That's what the vaccine does. It's not, I got the shot, I'm good. The vaccine triggers an immune response to make the necessary antibodies. That takes 
time. The vaccines take longer than other inoculations like the flu shot, right? So they're given weeks apart, but full protection, this is what you have to notice, doesn't happen or arrive until five or six weeks after the first shot. That means a month to a month and a half after the first shot, okay? So it takes time. Also, the COVID vaccines may not prevent you from spreading the virus. That is something that I'm trying to talk more about because people aren't catching that part. They provide, vaccines provide two levels of protection, right? Others prevent people from becoming sick. Most vaccines will prevent people from becoming sick, but not from becoming infected or passing the virus on. And that's what people don't understand, right? And that's, that's an important distinction. We know that they help to the extent we talked about preventing someone from getting the illness, but this is brand new. It, we call it a novel virus because it's only been around for a year. We haven't learned everything we need to, so we're still not aware whether or not these vaccines, which are even newer than this new novel virus, that they will prevent transmission as well, right? So we have to remember that. Also, masks protect people with compromised immune systems. We have to care about the impact we're having on others such as someone with cancer. They would be someone who's also highly at risk, right? These people could still die. They're vulnerable, anyone with a weakened immune system in a multitude of ways. People with pneumonia, people going through chemotherapy, people with leukemia, right? All of these different things matter. So we have to be thinking about that, right? Okay. Also, if you're watching the news, we're hearing about these new strains and the power of these new strains, that they're more infectious have higher rates of negative outcomes, last longer, right? The number one of the numbers I saw, and this caught my breath a little bit, is that some of them might be 50% more contagious than the original. That's a lot. Will these vaccines work against these new strains? We don't know. We might need a booster shot. Saul Fauci talking about that yesterday morning. Maybe we'll just need a booster. This is the thing. We got this for, we got this, we're in this for the long haul. And so we have to get really familiar still following precautions because none of this is a surefire thing. Vaccines, masks, always new information. We're now being told to wear two masks. We might need a booster shot for the vaccine. So the key is we still need to follow the protocols, whether vaccine, vaccinated or not, wearing the masks, staying socially distant, and uh, washing our hands. I know, I know, it's been a year. We're tired, we're burnt out, but um, I'll keep giving you the new information and it's about looking out for ourselves, those around us, and also just people we don't know. That's part of mental health and uh, it matters. We have to be ethical in how we're managing all this. Um, all right, y'all, question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline IG page and uh, I'm listening live. Although that show is winding down, still great stuff. You can check that out on all the radio.com handles, um, which is the Twitter, their Facebook, and also uh, over on YouTube. And if you want to check out past episodes of Loveline, you can do so by going to wearechannelq.com. And while you're there, might as well check out some of the other shows. And also follow us, our IG page, Loveline. All right, y'all, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new Channel Q and on radio.com. All righty, we're back. Happy Wednesday, right? We're, we're midway through. <laughs> I like these arbitrary designations. Wednesday's halfway through. Not for everyone, but still a good midweek reminder. We're centering our mental health. So anytime something comes up, you say to yourself, how's that impact my mental health? And that will help guide your decision making. Always keeping that in the center of our mind. And we're remembering to ask those around us um, how their mental health is, right? Because we're trying to remind people that that's important. And also letting people know that we're a resource or a person who is comfortable and willing to get vulnerable and talk about mental health. Now, January is an interesting month, right? And we're winding down. Um, we're winding down. We're out of it. But 
uh, I think that there's some things that came up in January that we can take forward into February, March, and April. Now, what was historically behind us is we had the, you know, new, the election, new president, awesome changes happening. And January is a, is a month where people focus on going dry, right? There's dry January where people give up drinking for the month. And then there's also, um, a vegan movement going on in the month of January. So we're going to talk a little bit about practical ways, easy ways to eat less meat. Why? Well, meat is one of the number one, uh, well, it leaves one of the largest footprints uh, and does ecological damage, uh, more so than cars. So it helps preserve water. Um, a lot of the soy and, and uh, grain that's produced on our planet, almost up to about 75%, is also used to feed animals, which becomes a waste because the amount of grain and water that's utilized to raise the animals produces less um, consum consumable meat and product than if we just use that grain to feed people. And so giving up meat, moving away from meat is healthy for our environments, healthy for our bodies. We know it's the only way to reverse uh, heart disease. President Clinton went vegan because of that. Uh, we're seeing the Kardashian girl go vegan. Beyonce went vegan. Billie Eilish is vegan. Katy Perry's going vegan. So many different people are bringing this up. And I'm vegan. I have been since I was about 19. Gone through, a, you know, a couple month periods where I went more vegetarian historically because of where I was living at the time geographically. Now it's far easier. So for those that are interested, let's talk about it. It comes up in my DMs. Hey, Dr. Chris, I'm thinking about going vegan. I'm going to give up meat, eggs, and dairy. What does that mean? What does that look like? So let's talk about ways to eat less meat. Now, for some people, it might not be something they're looking to do long-term. They might say, I'll do meatless Mondays where they give it up once a week. Other people, uh, when in doubt, or when possible, they'll go vegan. But if not, they maybe will eat something else. So you have to figure out how it fits into your life. We don't want to use changing the way we're eating as a way to hide uh, uh, disordered eating and, and body dysmorphia. We want to lean into it for the right reasons. A lot of people also go vegan because of feminism, where feminism is about equality for all, all genders, uh, all life. Uh, feminism is about moving away from violence. Feminism also, more importantly, though, is about not applying and asserting control over those that have less power than you. And speciesism, where humans center themselves and their needs and apply power over animals, is not feminist. And so to really step into that social justice work, we have to undo all levels of violence. And violence against animals matters. Because as long as we're willing to exploit some uh, marginalized or less empowered forms of life, it just keeps that system going. And so it's a really powerful thing. So let's talk about it. First off, plan ahead. You know, that's what is needed in the beginning. Uh, they say that with everything. <laughs> don't wait till you're hungry and don't wait till it's time to eat. Ahead of time, decide, what do I want to cook, right? What ingredients do I need? Can I download some recipes? Tons of amazing free recipes online um, that will, in simple ways, break down what you need to make. And for many, it's just substitution. You can use the same recipes. All the delicious things that we use to cook our meals are vegan. The spices, the vegetables, um, things like chicken and beef are tasteless generally. And we add all these vegan things to it to spice it up or to give it flavor. <clears throat> Excuse me. We can continue to use those ingredients, just pull out the meat and put in something that's non-meat based. And, and if you are open to the uh, learning, if you're curious, then you'll find a lot of really interesting meat and protein substitutes that taste delicious, that actually bring new flavors into your flavor profile. Um, correct? You step outside of American dining and try Indian, you try Ethiopian, you start to learn new flavors. And that's what veganism can bring to you as well. And know this, other than maybe American cuisine, some Italian, other than the pastas, most ethnic foods are very vegan friendly or are vegan themselves. Indian, Thai, Chinese, um, Ethiopian, right? 
uh, Italian if you focus just on the pastas, Greek, Mediterranean. They have a lot of options. Things with chickpeas, tofu, tempeh, seitan, all vegetable-based, lentils. Really delicious stuff that really bulk up your meal in terms of health. So plan ahead, right? Um, and also I cook more than, when I cook, I cook a lot so that I have leftovers and it makes it easy. But planning ahead is going to be the goal because it's going to be a little foreign to you at first or not at all. Because again, you can still make that pad thai, but it's not going to be chicken pad thai. It's tofu or seitan pad thai or just a vegetable pad thai. So we can keep those flavors because again, the bulk of what flavors our meals already inherently is vegan. Um, and like I said, start small. We don't want to overwhelm ourselves, whether we're starting a movement routine with exercise or we're trying to change change what we're eating, or even trying to change our behavior and be a better parent, a better partner, a better loved one. We start small. Uh, we, you know, you don't want to jump all the way. And even when people are trying to get sober on the front end, they'll say, I'm going to go to a meeting every day and I'm going to call my sponsor every day. And they therapy twice a week. And it's like a lot of that is overwhelming and not sustainable. So if you're in it for the long haul, you want to step your toe in. So it feels comfortable. So we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to keep talking about ways to go meatless because it's good for our body and that means it's good for our mental health. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back and uh, we're talking about how to go uh, plant-based. It's what everyone's talking about. Now remember, for those that have no interest in going vegan or vegetarian, um, everything we talk about on Loveline has applicable and usable skills and other dynamics. We were talking in the last segment about how just in general, and I'm, and I'm kind of talking about skill building through the lens of going meatless. And, you know, even when I talk about skill building and what to do to have a good first date, that applies to people that are married or been in a relationship for a long time. It's still ways to renew. It's still ways to bring newness and novelty. It's still a reminder of how to romanticize and, and, and how to eroticize a partner. So remember that if you don't directly relate to a topic, there's always some application of it in terms of general mental health. So we're just talking about making any change in your life, whatever it is. But right now we're talking about those that want to go meatless. We're hearing tons of celebrities going vegan. And um, a lot of people are asking me more about it. So we're going to, you know, we're kind of diving in. So the first thing I was saying is with any change you're trying to make, you want to plan ahead. Uh, you want to know what you're going to do if you're working on mental health when you go home for the holidays, right? You want to know if you're trying to go vegan, what are you going to do when you go home for the holidays? What are you going to do for this weekend? Because we don't want to, in trying to change our behavior or in trying to achieve new goals, we don't want to stress ourselves out, right? Remember, two things are needed in order to change our lifestyle. Number one, it has to be fun. <laughs> and um, number two, it, it really needs to be sustainable. And if we start off hitting the ground running too hard and fast, the fun is lost because we're stressed and it does not become sustainable, which is why we see diets fail 99% of the time, 98% of the time, all the research shows because people, it's not sustainable. They're making changes that are too powerful and don't suit who they are. So when we're talking about going plant-based, uh, we're saying you want to start easy, smooth. Also, right, you want to just maybe start with one day a week. Don't water down or diminish the impact of making small changes slowly because we're in things for the long haul. If, you want, if you're someone who wants to be sober over the long haul, if you're someone who wants to move their body and exercise more over the long haul, if you're someone who wants to engage in more mental health by setting boundaries and taking care of yourself, setting in self-care, you want to start small and you want to build it in, right? Because we're trying to internalize these changes and shifts. You also, there's a really powerful notion in psychology where when you're trying to make a change, we used to think that 
you needed to remove something. But the best way, the easier way, going back to my earlier goals about making it sustainable and feeling good, is to crowd out the bad with the good. And so instead of saying, I'm going to throw out all the meat, start pushing meat out of your diet and your day by building in more vegan plant-based meals, right? Just like if you want to get rid of a, a behavior, sometimes it's about building in the positive behavior and pushing the bad out versus focusing on the removing, focusing on the adding. So it's not about not drinking. It's not about, you know, exercising uh, differently. It's about building in these positive things. So it's instead of saying, what do I need to remove? My point is say, what do I need to add? What do I need to do more of? Oh, I need to eat more fresh fruits and vegetables. Let me see how I can build them into my day, knowing that that will inherently push out some of the things I'm trying to get rid of. So it's about adding, not subtracting, right? If you're looking at your plate, what percentage of the plate is plant-based? How can I add more plants, thereby pushing out and making it less about the meat, the eggs, or the dairy, right? Also being open to exploring alternatives that we never had considered before. I talk to people about that in therapy as well. When we're working on our mental health. It's not always just gonna be about therapy. Wow, maybe I'm gonna also figure out spirituality. Wow, maybe I'm also gonna maybe attend some kind of 12-step program. Wow, maybe I'm gonna start meditating, focusing on exercise or nutrition right? There's many ways to achieve your goal. So part of going plant-based or vegan is exploring new ingredients and new forms of protein, but you have to have the curiosity about it, right? You, you don't want to feel the pressure or the stress. The word is curious. I'm curious to finding out. I'm curious to learning. And also, and finally, community building. It's not about an accountability partner, it's about community. Finding other like-minded people who are in the process, in the journey, who've been successful. Not only can they help us see some of the gray areas, not, also, not only can they give us tips, right? But it also feels like we're not alone. Isolation makes it really hard to achieve a goal. That's why when people are getting sober or changing their relationship to drugs and alcohol, they also need friends. Someone that they can look to that's like, I understand, I got you. I'm not gonna push you into something. Someone's trying to go vegan or plant-based, it's also good to have community. Thankfully, with technology, we can access all these things online. Again, whether it's mental health, drugs and alcohol, veganism, finding Instagram pages to follow that talk about the importance of a vegan diet and lifestyle for the environment, for your ethics, for your politics, for your body, for your mental health. It reminds you, right? You don't think you're alone in it. You start to get to know people, Facebook pages, groups. When the world opens up, there's, um, what do they call them, get-togethers? There's another word we use, meetups. There's a ton of meetups. Right now, they're probably actually online. But there's a, a meetup organization that has every city and every topic. You want to learn more about sci-fi culture? Go to a sci-fi meetup. You want to start hiking more, but you're in a new city or don't have friends that hike? Go to a hiking meetup. You want to become vegan? Go to a vegan meetup where people bring vegan potlucks. Um, also start having friends over and cook vegan options. Let them know. Uh, bring something vegan. I want us to incorporate that more into our diet. This is just the way we make all these important changes. Um, all right, y'all, enough about that. Coming up next, we're going to be sliding into those DMs. Also, question of the night, as always, is up on our Loveline IG page, so weigh in on that. And uh, you want to check out some past episodes of Loveline, you can do so, as always, by going to wearechannelq.com. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. We're back, and now it's time to slide into our DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Slide into our DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. This Valentine's Day, we aren't sliding into DMs, we're gliding into them. That's because Astroglide is here with a dozen different personal lubricants for whatever or whoever you want to get into this month. From self-love to an intimate night with your loved one, Astroglide can help you surpass your intimate expectations. All right. 
What do we got here? This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Tristan, and I am dating this girl named Catherine. God, those are good names. I don't hear those names a lot. Solid names. We've been together. I know, I know Tristan. I know Catherine. That's why I think I put that all together. But I don't know the two of them as a couple. Uh, so anyway, Tristan's dating Catherine. We've been together for about two years. Well done. Well done. Well done. Her family has a lot of drama. Aw. Her brother has two baby mamas. Okay. Which doesn't necessarily mean drama. It just means that he has extended family, right? Uh, the other brother is in and out of jail. Again, don't know. He might have been falsely imprisoned, right? Exploited, marginalized people are traditionally, you know, overrepresented in the prison system. Um, could have been falsely accused. We're not making anything out of that either. Uh, and her mom and dad are still together. Great. But are alcoholics and fight constantly. So, you know, look, I, I, I'm going to be very loving. I, I, I appreciate how a lot of us will say things like, ah, that family's drama. Um, that family's struggling to do the best they can. How about we say it like that? I don't know that mom and dad woke up and they're like, look, let's be alcoholics and fight a lot. Let's make sure our kids have issues. I'm going to assume that there's some racism in there, classism. They're struggling to get their needs met, maybe mental health. Like no family just sets out to just make life complicated, right? So I want to look at the systems and institutions that they're a part of that made it, maybe that might have made their lives harder, you know, because we have to look at what, what kind of environment did they come from that set them up to be the way they are, that then they pass that along, right? I work with a lot of children. Well, let me say this differently. I work with no children. I work with adults that are clearly the children of other adults. And um, <clears throat> they look back and talk about how horrible, how horrible their parents were. And I say, right. And there's an accountability that needs to take place. Absolutely. would never diminish that. However, bet to better understand who they are, let's look at the environment that they were raised in. And that's not to blame their family. It's to understand that we're all emerge out of a system and we're all often doing the best we can in trying to get our needs met and to have our mental health the most robust, but we're not all set up to succeed. And so I just want to throw that out there. Be very thoughtful. Very high drama families or high conflict families are families that often have a lot of trauma, a lot of struggles, some systemic issues. They're doing the best they can. Okay. Now, I love her family with or without the drama and they treat me like I am family. So that's beautiful. And that's really what matters. They are good people doing their best and they're loving to you. So I love that you threw that thread in there. However, so here it goes. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. I'm starting to notice that all of our conversations are revolving around them. See, there it is. That's what happens though. When I get home from work, it's about what happened to her brother. When I'm at work, I get texts from her mom and dad or oh, about her mom and dad. It's the only thing we talk about right now. I feel so rude telling you this, but I'm kind of feeling drained from it all. But of course you are. Anyone would. Is there a nice way to try to switch the conversation up? Or do I just have to hang in there and get through it? No, this is a mental health issue. This is also about your relationship. We need to be able to set boundaries with the people in our lives, whoever they are, around whatever it is that is brought in by being in their life and them in ours. And so it's totally appropriate to say, listen, babe, I love you. And I love how great your family is. I'm so thankful to be a part of it. But our relationship tends to often just center around that. Can we talk about and connect over other things? Some couples only connect and talk about the kids. It's called a child-centered marriage, and that's not good either. So it's okay to say, I know that your family often has a lot going on, and, and I appreciate that. And I want to be here and be supportive, but it, it feels like a lot sometimes when that's the only reason why we're connecting or talking. So can you sometimes maybe take that to someone else and talk to me and connect with me around things non-family oriented and sometimes bring that to me? Or here's the most important boundary. Wait till I get home. When I'm at work, I need to really be present at work and, and when in whatever headspace I'm in. And when I get home, let's first connect as a couple, talk about our day, make some dinner. And then if we have time and energy, I'd love to check in on what's going on with your family. 
family. You're going to have to kind of hold her hand, but absolutely set that boundary. You shouldn't get flooded with it. It shouldn't be the first thing you hear and it should not be the only thing you talk about. And so I just scripted it for you. Write that down, repeat that back and absolutely say, I want to sometimes have our relationship just about what's going on with the two of us because I love you. And that's totally appropriate. And she needs to be able to hear that. And if not, you circle back. Write us another DM and we will problem solve more. Coming up next, we're going to talk about friendship and then red flags and then question the night. So that is up on our Loveline IG page. Weigh in on that. And then as always, we'll be closing out the show with some DMs. You are listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com. All right, we're back. Reading this article. Really powerful. Had not thought about this. It's an article. This is out of the Atlantic. And it's talking about how the pandemic has erased entire categories of friendship. A couple of things I wanted to highlight from that. Um, I wanted to first just normalize the loss of all the different outlets we had for socialization and just the interesting people that were part of making our lives what they were. And the article is talking about, you know, for some people, they'd go watch the game at a bar and they might not be very familiar or even have the personal phone numbers and names of some of the people there. But it was part of their social network, seeing them, talking to them. Same thing for me. I, I, I was reflecting after reading the article on how important it was when I would go spend my time reading and writing and doing research in coffee shops. And I got to become very familiar with some of the baristas and the other um, <clears throat> the other regulars there. And some of them, I knew their names and we'd chat. Others, we'd just smile. Others, I would just recognize quietly. And it really helped me reflect upon what the loss of all those people meant and how we were maybe more social than we realized, or we really relied upon or valued or found joy in some of these more casual relationships, relationships that are very contextual or situational or very geographically created, sustained, and located. And we're allowed to mourn that. We're allowed to miss the loss of that. Um, we're allowed to miss the presence of that, I should say. And these kinds of things come up when celebrities or public figures die and individuals will say, well, why are you so sad? You don't even know them. But we do. To know someone sometimes means we spend time with them in our mind. Uh, we can be friends with someone in our mind. I, I'm very close to a lot of the authors whose work I read. And some people feel very close to me because they listen to my radio show. They've read my books. They're on my social media. And we that is a true relationship. It might not be the most traditional standard, but it's a different kind. But it still is worth and value, right? And that's, and that's what technology has taught us. Some people have friendships, deep ones, that are just FaceTime or social media based because these people live far, far away. And they will never meet them. But that doesn't mean those relationships aren't meaningful or valuable. And they don't even need to be taken further than that. That's the other lesson. Sometimes things exist as beautifully as they are because of the context in which they exist, that it wouldn't work or be the same were we to date them or sleep with them or meet them in real time. Sometimes people are meant to be just related to in the ways that we relate to them and we shouldn't always take it further or push it. And we think that sometimes, well, this is great. Wouldn't it be greater if we lived together, got married, dated, had sex? No, no, not always. Sometimes the situation is what's required to make it as beautiful as it is. But again, we're allowed to mourn the loss of someone we've never met, but we've been very close to because we've watched them on television for years or love their music. That is a psychological or emotional relationship. And as we're working on normalizing psychology and prioritizing mental health, that's what that falls under. Not everything only is worth in value because of its physicality or what we say, the materialism, in it, the materialism of it, right? It's why objects have meaning. It's not the object itself, it's what it represents, who gave it to us, what it reminds us of. That's why we, we have attachments to objects. 
not because we maybe love shoes or we love that object, but again, who gave it to us, what it, what it's born out of, what it reminds us of. And so I want us to just really take that in that pandemic has created the loss of maybe more relationships than we're realizing, right. Or created more obstacles. Some of those will never have back as we watch restaurants, nightclubs, stores, cafes, closing, right? We didn't realize how meaningful or much of a center point that place was, what it represented, uh, community, people we got familiar with, maybe it was part of our routine. There's a really big, powerful piece of mourning the loss of routine and structure. That's been hard for me. You know, in the, in the normal waking world, I'm up at a certain time. I'm out at a coffee shop reading and writing. It's what I do with my free time. I'm at the gym. I love exercising and throwing weights around. And we have the loss of that. Some people love going to the movies and disappearing into a film or uh, an art gallery or a museum. And those are, are different now. And maybe the same people that worked there before won't return. They've moved. They found a new job. They won't be brought back. And so we're going to have a new experience when these places open up. The baristas might be different. Certain coffee shops are long gone. New ones emerge, bringing with them a new crowd of people. But I just loved the beauty and what the article was honoring that the impact's greater than we realize. And it really broadened my lens of how much loss there might've been in the pandemic. Now, as we know, the annihilation of things also creates the beauty of the emergence of new things. And so the loss of all these meaningful relationships, people, places, and things, the beauty is that new things are birthed, right? And as we know from Eastern philosophy, sometimes for evolution and the important change and transformation to occur, old, things, paradigms, identities need to be killed off. They need to be lost. It's one of the most powerful things I've learned from Christianity also is, you know, not to trigger anyone. I talk about this merely as myth and symbolism, but the crucifixion is a beautiful story of through death comes life. And Eastern philosophy and Buddhism is very much aligned with that non-attachment, right? Some of them believe in the karmic rebirth based on what was now is and is different. And the idea that things can only keep changing and change is the only constant we can count on, right? We can't trust everything that's in our lives to be there and to be solid as it is. Shift happens. But yeah, so let's let's kind of just mourn the loss of what was and give ourselves that room to grieve while also holding space for the beauty of new things to be created and to emerge. And I find that very soothing. And so there's a beauty in some of that loss, but we still get to feel the impact and to be sad. Um, yeah, beautiful stuff. All right, question of the night up on our Loveline IG page. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, we're back. Y'all have been watching uh, some of this news. This has been something trending all week, and it's a TikTok video. Now, what's interesting about this is we can learn a lot <laughs> by people about their health based on uh, what, they're, what they're doing in their general lives and also uh, from, from the periphery of our eyes. So basically, um, there's a video. It's a TikTok where a, a, a bride uh, during the wedding, after the wedding, you know, in her gown, he's in his, um, he's in his getup and she, you know, kind of puts a little cake on his face without him even thinking, right. Which gives us a little bit better of an insight into his behavior. He just grabs the cake and I, and I want to, you almost have to see it. He doesn't throw it at her. He kind of like hits her with it and then she falls over a chair. Um, now that's at her wedding his wedding as well, it's everyone's wedding, in front of friends and family. Now, everyone's talking about the concerns they have, which I have as well, because if you're willing to do that in public, and that's a sign of what you reactively do, 
when faced with such a situation, what else might be going on or what else could be going on? Again, people grow and change, but the best predictor of future behavior is current and past behavior, and that's helping us learn a lot about him. I do want people to zero in on red flags. Everything counts and matters. We might not make big decisions based on a one-off, but we definitely do learn about people. So I want everyone to be very thoughtful. We're moving into the new year, being more honest about what's happening, what's going on. So red flags are something we need to uh, definitely pay attention to. Other great things in the news, I was looking at a study where China was rolling out some coronavirus tests that are anal swabs. <laughs> I didn't read too much in it because I'm not really sure that's going to take off. Um, the people's comments, I think, were more interesting than the article itself. But yeah, China's rolling out some anal swabs for corona testing. You know, a lot of people are saying, I'm good, just stick it in my nose. Other people are maybe more welcoming of the anal testing. Um, God bless it. God bless it. Kraft, I love just looking at what's going on in the world. It's never dull. You know, Kraft, the macaroni and cheese people, well, Valentine's Day, it's coming. So um, they're unveiling pink mac and cheese. Okay, that's kind of cute, but wait for it. It's not only pink, it also tastes like candy. Now, personally, I'm a candy lover. That sounds disgusting. I do not need my mac and cheese to taste like candy. But for those of you that are all about that, jump on in. Jump on in, y'all. It's fascinating. I, I've been following some candy connoisseur pages. There's a whole world. I don't, maybe y'all are already a part of this. I learned that there's a whole world of Lego fans that are posting and getting into their Lego art, right? And there's Lego competition shows. Oh, yeah. It is fascinating what y'all can do with some Legos. I think the show is on maybe Netflix. I think it's actually a British competition show. But uh, there's a whole candy world where they're tracking and following the different companies and they put out special one-off Oreos, one of them. The um, uh, There's different uh, gummy candy companies that are putting out trolleys, one of them, that put out some really fascinating one-offs. So I'm starting to kind of dig into that world. I'm telling you, that is something that is born out of coronavirus. I, I jokingly on another project I work on talk a lot about the new hobbies that are coming out of the pandemic because we have a lot of free time. And with these new things like TikTok, we're, we're seeing what everyone else is up to and we're stepping into some new stuff. I historically was making jokes about all the bread baking and I was like, what is going on with all the bread making and baking? Not interested. And now I'm seeing some of these like sub genre hobbies or um, interests that people are getting into, like the candy, like what we can do with candy, what we can do with the goes. So if you're bored, and I don't know, some people are overworked and don't have free time. Other people, it's quite the opposite. You can really dig down into some of this stuff. It's, it's truly, truly fascinating. And one of the things I also wanted to bump into is just not only are we engaging in new hobbies, but we're also engaging in new forms of getting our basic needs met. A new, a new thing that's on the rise is people moving back in with their parents. Now, historically, we saw it as a stage of social development, right, and maturity to move out of your, you know, primary home. I want to. I want us to veer away from that. We don't grow up; we grow out, right? This whole up idea carries with it some really shaming, normative stages that not everyone's interested in even participating in. There are some cultures and some religions where you stay at home as long as you need to until maybe you even get married. And uh, in the standard American culture, it's sooner than later you get out; otherwise, you're not maturing, and that's not true, especially right now when people are struggling economically and with employment. Many people are needing to return home or get roommates, and I want to normalize that. I want to normalize that in all times. It is okay if you desire living with others. It's okay if it's driven by financial need. It's okay if it's because careers a little bit fragile. I want to normalize that. Let's be very thoughtful about not making decisions about someone and their mental health and maturity. 
uh, or social position in life based on their current uh, state of where they're living, right? It's, it's tough times. And some people that traditionally were living differently are now needing to kind of pull back, rein it in. But again, many people are, are finding themselves living back at home and that wasn't something that they would expected or something that they'd want. And a lot of that is only rooted in social stigma and shame because there's a lot of beauty and there's a lot of care and support that can come from having a roommate, living with a family member, returning to our childhood home with our family. Let's not knock that. People need what people need. I want people to be getting their needs met. I don't want it to be tied to what will people think or how will I be seen or what will people decide about who I am in the world and my worth and my maturity, right? That's classist. Um, It's a lot more than just classist, but usually that's what it's centered around. You know, my worth being tied to what I own, my worth being tied to my career, my worth being tied to what kind of money I'm making. And this might be a time where we can move out and away from that retire that kind of thinking. Um, people need what they need and I want people to get their needs met. And I don't want, I, I want people to be honest with where, with where they are in their lives. I live in LA and I see a lot of people trying to keep up with that, right? That whole old adage of keeping up with the Joneses where people think they have to have certain things in place to be able to feel like an adult or to feel mature. And I want us to not use words like that. Let's move away from the word adulthood. It has too many expectations. It has all these things tied to it that we're going to demand of others that aren't necessarily honest or real or able to really align with what their needs are. And so let's just be where we are and let's ask for what we need and get away from defining ourselves based on these structures because mental health is often going to be outside of all that. Just interesting stuff. The pandemic is bringing so much to the surface and how we encounter that and how we navigate that has to be rooted in our mental health. You know, so we'll keep talking about that. Coming up next though, question of the night. It's still up on our Loveline IG page in the story. Time to weigh in on that. And then we'll be closing out with some DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time for question of the night. As always, question of the night is up on our Loveline IG page and the stories weigh in. Don't just sit there and listen. You got to weigh in. Producer Alex works very hard to come up with really good questions of the night. So you respect her and you answer. All right, y'all, this one says, what's something that you took for granted before the pandemic and now will never take for granted again? My answer pretty much everything, seriously. And I really hope that we can really internalize whatever we have learned from the pandemic and take it with us. I'm afraid we won't. The law of human gravity, we go back to whatever's easiest and we go back to what we know. And as long as it's been, we know what we did before a lot more than we know what we did now. And I think we will revert back to a lot of our old ways unless we really hold on to it. Remember, we have to really practice if we wanna think or be different. And so, Take some time to journal. And I like questions like this and say, what is it that I learned or what about myself emerged that I want to take forward beyond this? What do I want to be maybe a new ethic or a new priority or a new way of being? Write it down, jot it, hold it, practice it, be it. It's not enough to just think we're not going to go back because all the systems and institutions and dynamics are going to Ooh, pulls back to who we were. And um, <clears throat> I know all the things I want to do. I want to rest more. I want to be more honest with what I want to do with my time. I want to continue to focus on care and compassion for others. I think I also took for granted uh, some of the easy things like just sitting outside at coffee shops and being able to have a lot of touch in our lives. So anyway, what are some things that you will never take for granted again? First person said hugging. I miss hugging. I know. 
I thought about that. So I was standing outside, six feet apart, masked, outdoors, seeing a friend, waving, smiling, laughing, because we're allowed to do that. We need to do that. Please do that. And I was saying to him, I can't, I can't remember the last time I was touched. I mean, I'm in a committed relationship with someone who's in a different country. And um, when it was possible, they were able to visit and we got COVID tested. And uh, I got to tell you, it took a little bit of time for my nervous system to settle down and to be able to really settle into an embrace and being touched and having sex. Um, yeah, trust me when I say that you get you get you get back into it quickly, but there was a moment of transition that was not familiar to me because I had prior consistently had different levels of closeness and touch. And so it wasn't such a far leap. But um, yeah, so we got to be patient with ourselves. Very caring. Uh, other things that you took for granted pre pandemic that you won't now someone said drinking out at bars for sure. Now I'm so paranoid. I know we have to be that's something else that taught me. I want to wash my hands more. And I might want to wear a mask in certain situations because even when COVID's handled, I don't want other general colds and flus. I, I don't, I, yeah, I just don't want that. I, I think we should be thinking more in terms of things like that. I'm sorry. We shouldn't be packed indoors. I, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to see packed indoor crowds very differently. <clears throat> and it might not be something I, I move into participating in, which is fine because I don't like crowds and, and large numbers of people. I'm not into clubs, bars. If I go to concerts, I prefer the more outdoor open air ones where there's space to dance and move and walk around. So kind of suits my lifestyle, but I appreciate what you're saying. Someone else said concerts, not going to take concerts for granted again. Yeah. Concerts are a whole religious experience. Truly. If you let it really into your mind and body in that way, it's collectivity based. The community's there with you. I respect that. Uh, all right. What else did y'all say? Someone said sporting events, watching on TV is just not the same. It really isn't. It really isn't. You might get some better shots and angles, tighter shots, but the energy is different, man. You want to feel it in your body. You want to see it. You want to hear it. You want to smell it. You want to eat the foods that are associated with it. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so different to be surrounded with that many people, the energy of a crowd roaring or even the, the heavy disappointment I'm telling you, uh, other things you took for granted that you won't now after pandemic. Someone said, I really miss having less anxiety. Every time someone coughs, I have a mini panic attack. I have to remember there are other reasons to cough other than COVID. Oh, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Whenever I'm in a supermarket and anyone coughs, even sneezes, and everyone turns their head over that person, and it's like they stigmatize, and they're like, oh, stare clear. I know. You can cough for a lot of reasons. Having my windows open, closed air conditioning on, has given my allergies a spike. There's more crap in the air here, and you can hear it in my voice some days, or my sinuses. Yeah, it's not COVID. It's, it's life. Um, all right, someone else said um, handshakes. See, I don't miss them. And moving forward, I don't want to do them. And moving forward, I don't want to have to touch people I don't want to touch. I don't want to have to, I don't want to, have to do it as a hello. Yeah, I don't need to hold someone's hand that I don't know. It just feels unclean. I'm sorry. Maybe that's hyper anxious, but for me, I wish certain industries maintained the mask wearing. I know you're all going to hate me, but I'd love servers to keep wearing them. I don't want anyone's face near my food. I know I'm sorry. I just said that, but I don't want to, I don't want to shake. I don't need someone's hand in my hand. I never felt comfortable with that. I never felt comfortable with socially uh, expected forms of touch. And that's one of them. You're expected to shake hands and it's awkward to say, I'm sorry, I don't shake. I hope it doesn't continue to be because I don't want to shake anyone's hand. I just don't. It's like forced touch. And I don't like that. So I hope that changes. Well, I get to change that. I get to say that to everyone. I never have to shake someone's hand if I don't want to. Remember that, Dr. Chris. Um, someone else said, I miss being able to go to any restaurant at any time. I just miss being outside. 
I do. I do that as, I, as well. I miss my coffee shops outside, even though they're open again in LA. It doesn't quite feel safe or ready for me. If I can't go in, I don't know how I feel about being out. We'll see. And finally, someone said everything. Literally everything is different right now. Bless. I so feel that. All right, y'all. Coming up, DMs. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and radio.com. We're back. And now it's time to slide into our DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Slide into our DMs is brought to you by Astroglide. This Valentine's Day, we aren't sliding into DMs. We're gliding into them. That's because Astroglide is here with a dozen different personal lubricants for whatever or whoever you want to get into this month. From self-love to an intimate night with your loved one, Astroglide can help you surpass your intimate expectations. All right, here we go. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, me and my boyfriend's sex lives are kind of getting boring. We've tried toys, gels, other things, but maybe we just need more. I kind of suggested the idea of sex therapy, and to my surprise, he was really down for it. I know that you specialize in sex therapy. So what exactly is it? What would we expect to learn in a session? Oh, I love it. I love it. A couple things. First off, remember, everyone thinks if we're bored, we need more, faster, harder. No, sometimes it's actually the opposite. You need less and you need to slow down. Often we think sex is just orgasm and penetration. Or we think sex is just genitals. Your whole body has the capacity to, excuse me, to derive pleasure. Start there. Have sex where you ignore the genitals and you're just rubbing each other's bodies. You're holding each other. Maybe you're using your mouth and performing oral on the rest of the body or using vibrating toys on other areas of the body. Whatever your general pattern is, we all have a pattern. We kiss first, then I touch you here, then I touch you there, and then I penetrate, and then we orgasm and we're done. Do it in reverse. Start with penetration. End with kissing. End with mutual masturbation. Start with whatever your third step is and end with your second. Mix it up, but slow down. Use your whole body. What parts of your body do you always ignore? What parts of your body are you always focused on? Back off of that. Maybe it's always very hot and heavy. Go slower and softer and draw it out. It's not always about more heavy, faster, harder, because that's what happens. We'll just add more and we'll go harder. And it's like, no. So that's the first thought. But that wasn't your question. Your question is, what is sex therapy? Sex therapy is both of you coming in. If you're doing exclusive sex therapy, which always will include general psychotherapy, it's just not so isolated. But let's say you came in and you're like, we just want the more coaching version. Well, we would talk about the kind of sex you have now. I'd want to know every single step what it feels like, what you're doing, what you're thinking. And I'd start there and I'd look at the limits. Why are you only doing what you're doing? Are you only having sex in positions where you can't see each other? Are you always doing it in the dark? What are you avoiding? What, do you, what are you prioritizing? Why? Where, where, where's the area where we could work on changing, growing, and challenging ourselves? Sometimes you take things off the table, they take things off the table, and we're only doing what's left. I would want to talk about sexual bucket lists. What are things you've always wanted to try? What do you fantasize about? What it turns you on? How can we fold that in or get as close to as possible? We'd make a list of all the things we've ever wanted to do and we masturbate to and fantasize and the porn we look at and see what we come up with. I mean, there's so much, it's so big, it's so dynamic. And you learn about yourself and your partner because there's so much intimacy and transparency in it. And it's really hard to tap into our true sexual selves. We have sex shaming and body shaming and toxic masculinity and our genders. And there was a woman, I'm afraid of this or that, or because I'm a lesbian, I can't do this. And I'm afraid someone's going to say I'm a slut or a sex addict and all that's tied in there. We'll do some sex education around STDs and STIs and safer practices and just really get into the, the, the meat of it all, our shadow sides, all the things we want to ignore and deny and 
body positivity will check in on what parts of our body do we want to avoid it and why. And there's so much in there. It's such a beautiful experience. We ignore it and we shouldn't because our, our total self-worth and self-esteem is tied to our sexual self-esteem. And we have to work through any shame or stigma or guilt we have to be a healthy total being, even outside of sex. Because sex is not just what happens in the bedroom, right? It's always carried with us. It's just how we feel about our body and other people. It's what we wear. It's how close we stand to people. So much in there. It's a beautiful thing. Every couple should get into sex therapy. Every individual should be in sex therapy at some point, if only because of how sex negative our culture is. So I love that you're thinking about it. Do that work. You'll both grow and your relationship will be better for it. If only because of the beautiful intimacy building that occurs by the two people talking so, so vulnerably about such a sensitive, personal, deep topic because our culture has set it up to be that way. And so just that experience is meaningful and powerful for some couples to just witness that or to have their, 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 their darker, deeper parts witnessed by me and by the other client or, you know, their partner. So beautiful stuff. Look into it, do it. It's awesome. And if not read my book, rebel love or sex outside the lines, read them together with your partner. It's like a workbook, you know? All right, y'all. That is our show. We'll be back tomorrow night. Uh, question of the night as always up on our Loveline IG page in the stories. You can check out past episodes of Loveline over at wearechannelq.com. Always great stuff over there. Binge them, post them, share them, re-listen, listen them together with your partner. Flag certain segments that are meaningful and important to you. We'll be back tomorrow night. So focus the rest of your night on some self-care, y'all. As always, thanks for hanging out and enjoy the rest of your night.